Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Celebrate Herself podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in this week. I want to talk about something that I feel like is very overdue for a podcast episode. That is the Racho 4 movement, the vegan days, and that whole era of social media. Before we continue, beverage of the day check. I have, I believe, my first cold brew of the year. I did not have caffeine yet today because I went to the dentist first thing and I was not about to have even a half decaf before that. So as a treat, I got a cold brew and baby. The caffeine is definitely caffeining. Don't know if I'll be able to finish this, but I am really enjoying it. Grande cold brew, splash of oat milk. No sweetener, no nothing. So most of you probably found me, and if you didn't, let me know, but most of you probably found me when I was vegan on YouTube. It is low-key so embarrassing when I post about the RT4 vegan days specifically on Instagram because I feel like it's mostly people I know in real life that met me after that era that have no idea what I'm talking about. It was this specific niche or genre or type of veganism. I guess it still exists, people still do that, but it was coined by this woman who named herself Freely the Banana Girl. You eat raw foods for breakfast and lunch, you know, all day, and then after four, you have a big cooked meal of typically, y'all remember the vlogs, the what I eat in a days, of typically like steamed potatoes and lettuce or rice and lettuce, some type of, you know, starchy carb meal with no oil that was vegan. This also kind of coincided with the high carb, low fat vegans, which were a similar premise of, you know, it's vegan, you don't use oil. So everything is steamed or sauteed with water or air fried with no oil. So I'm sure you guys have heard of raw vegans. It was like that, but then you have a cooked dinner. This specific diet was very heavy on fruit and mono meals. Breakfast, for example, I remember having like a huge smoothie of like six plus bananas and water <laughs> and like cinnamon or lunch would be like six persimmons, <laughs> six mangoes. I remember in 2014, this was kind of the Tumblr days and kind of coming out of the Thinspo era of Tumblr. If you were never on Thinspo Tumblr, or just that side of the internet, be thankful. Trigger warning before I continue, I am gonna be talking about eating disorders and this not super heavy or anything, but it is going to be mentioned. So if you're triggered by that, skip over this next part. So at this time, I don't even remember looking anything up or if these videos were just trending at the time. So they came on my recommended page on YouTube, but I remember finding Freely's videos and her specifically talking about how this, on this diet, you could eat however much you wanted without gaining too much weight. And she was very on point with some aspects of her spiel, like how diet culture is so restrictive, calorie restricting, and like, oh, you need to carb up, like you need to eat in abundance. And so that is what really drew me to it. And I just remember at the time, like my parents were so against me doing that because this was 2014. I was what, like 15 turning 16? I remember specifically at first feeling so much better, which bro, like obviously carbs are the number one energy source for your body. So that's why carbs are great to eat before you work out because 
you'll get that burst of energy. So I just remember specifically like after I would eat my mono meal dinner of like steamed potatoes or so much rice, I specifically remember the potatoes. I finally for the first time in so long felt like just so happy and so energized and I just remember sitting on the floor of my room after eating like being so happy like oh my god finally I feel good. Of course that makes sense because you go from eating like nothing at all basically to eating like so much. So if you don't know, Freely has a very strong personality and I feel like that's a huge reason why this movement became so huge. She was very convincing and just very aggressive with her approach of like, you need to be vegan, here's why, and you need to do this specific type of veganism. So one of the huge things that Freely and her boyfriend at the time Harley, who was also, you know, a raw till for vegan, and they were both super into cycling, like they wore the little spandex outfits. Really, especially was so skinny, like she had a very flat stomach with abs, and that was kind of how she sold, or part of how she sold this diet, because, you know, of course she had an ebook, she had, I don't know if she had a course, or if it was just the ebook, or multiple ebooks, but, you know, she was selling a product, you know, she was kind of selling this diet plan, even though she's claiming it's not a diet. Oh, like, you can look like me, I eat however much I want, and I look this good. So, one of the main reasons that they were often critiqued was that a lot of people would gain weight while on this diet or doing this lifestyle, and they would often chalk it up to, oh, it's because you had an eating disorder before, or because you were dieting for so long before, you never... We're eating in abundance like this before, so you have metabolic damage. They claimed, oh, you'll gain weight at first, but then you'll lose it just, you know, naturally if you just keep doing this. And then they would also tell people that they just want exercising enough. Like, well, you're not cycling as much as us, so that's why you don't look like freely. Especially when I look back at old pictures, like I was not lifting at this time. I didn't start lifting till I was 18 and I moved to LA. My forms of exercise at the time were basically just running. And I definitely had like a skinny fat look. I was still skinny, but I feel like my stomach was kind of like, not chunky, but it just looked so puffy. And like my face especially just looked so puffy and like inflamed. Basically, I feel like I experienced that even though it wasn't as extreme because I was so underweight before. And that makes sense, bro. Like calories are calories. Their thing was like, oh, the fat you eat is the fat you wear. So as long as you don't eat any fat, any oil, you're not gonna gain weight. And that's just not really how it works. And also women specifically need fats for our ho hormones and menstrual cycles. This is from femalehealthawareness.org, but they say fats are the building blocks of estrogen and progesterone. Not eating enough fat can cause irregular or heavy periods, PMS, or not ovulating. So this is the thing, like these people would villainize avocado. Like, oh my God, if you eat avocado, you are going to gain so much weight, you, you fat piece of shit. On one hand, while me and I feel like a lot of other girls and people first were introduced to this lifestyle, it was like, oh, finally, like there's something where I can just like eat in abundance. I don't have to worry about it. I'm so sick of this diet culture and, you know, the really skinny body ideal from the early 2000s and even the 2010s. Finally, this is being promoted. Like, yes, you can eat. But then it was kind of like, okay, not really because you're still limited in so many ways. And this is why it's like, okay, I'm not, even when I became not vegan. I'm never gonna be like against being vegan because I think it's a great lifestyle. I think if you're curious about it, you should definitely try it. But I think what the diet aspect of it, specifically when you get so, this is what I can't eat, this is what I can't, especially about vegan foods, I can't eat any oil. Oh my God, I'm scared to eat oil. Girls would cry if they thought that there was oil in their food. <laughs> Bro, like it's oil. It's not even like, you can't even blame that on like, oh my God, I feel bad. Like, 
this is an animal. I feel so bad for the animal. This is so inhumane. It's like, it's oil or it's like an avocado. And you're not crying about like, oh my God, this was so wasteful to the environment. This is not sustainable. This avocado had to be shipped from so far to get here. It's like, you're crying because you think it's going to make you fat. You know, that's what eating disorders are. They're often about control and you feel like you don't have control over the rest of your life or a really big part of your life or you're under a lot of stress and so this is something you can control and feel good about so when you can't control it your world is over and so I think for a lot of people this was a form of orthorexia which is a type of eating disorder where you just get very restrictive with the types of foods that you eat and you basically just want to be as health quote-unquote healthy as possible because already being vegan you know especially if you weren't raised vegan, you decide as an adult, or in this case, like a teen girl, to be vegan. You're already cutting out so many foods you're probably used to eating. So then on top of that, to start cutting out foods you are allowed to eat while being vegan, like... So the thing with this social media culture is that there was a lot of bullying involved. The drama of the vegan community was like unreal. And I feel like Freely especially made so many videos just about other people, other celebrity, other influencers, diets. Oh my god, like they would look so much better if they would just do my diet. And especially attacking other women's looks and weight. Her boyfriend would do that. I just feel like a way to get someone to do something, especially if what you're doing is, you know, good and like for a good cause, like being vegan. The way to get people to be interested in that I feel is not to bully them and shame them. I literally looked up signs of a cult because I just wanted to see like a lot of people called this a cult but I literally wanted to look at the like steps of a cult. So a lot of these from this article at least it's actually from OprahDaily.com things that would happen in person like they deprive you of sleep. It's like, so information control is a big part of cult and I'm not saying that this was a cult but I did think it was kind of interesting to just kind of look at what does make a cult and kind of like see if it applies. So they practice deception by deliberately withholding or distorting information and or lying. Oh, you're gaining weight because you have metabolic damage. Also, neither one of us went to college or have any sort of degree. We don't have any credentials, medical credentials. They minimize or discourage access to non-cult sources of information. They make extensive use of cult-generated information and propaganda through YouTube, new newsletters, and other media. They require members to internalize the group's doctrine as truth. Black and white thinking and good versus evil thinking. They instill fear, such as fear of the outside world, enemies leaving or being shunned by the group. And when you read some of these old articles about these people and especially their festivals. They had a festival yearly in Thailand, like a fruit festival. And there was this article specifically about this girl talking about how she drank coffee and she didn't eat like over 3000 calories a day. So they started spreading these lies about her online. Like, oh, she has an eating disorder and she's a threat to other members of the group. And then also the fear like, oh, like if you don't eat like this, like you're gonna gain weight, you're gonna be fat, you're gonna look like this person. We don't wanna look like that person. You wanna be skinny like me. It's like, oh, this was a good one too. They make the person feel that their problems are always their own fault never the leaders or the group's fault so that reminds me of when someone would be like hey like I gained like 30 pounds doing this you're probably not exercising enough like let's disregard the fact that I'm telling you to eat 5,000 calories a day of carbs but like it's probably just your own fault. Another common cult tactic is to deflect skepticism over their beliefs by placing the burden of proof on others to disprove it. If something's legitimate it'll stand up to scrutiny the burden of proof is on whomever is claiming an expertise or a new therapy or a revelation that's going to save the planet. Again, check the veracity of their sources and remember that if 
video or photograph can be doctored. Oh my god, this was also so funny. Um, fact check the cult leader should know the answer to some basic questions about their background. Do they go by their birth name? <laughs> if not, why did they change it? Are there any lawsuits? Do they have criminal records? Have they been involved with previous multi-level marketing schemes? And then I remembered the man especially being accused of SA. People were like accusing him and then like people were making drama videos about it. I will link the article that talks about it down below, but then also in this article, they say once they broke up, Freely accused him of DV. She said he punched her so hard in the leg that she could barely walk pinned her against a wall, hit her in the face with a bag, and hit her in the face with his hands. Steroids, cheating, physical, and mental abuse, the list goes on. So it's just interesting. I feel like now, even though it wasn't that long ago, he especially just wouldn't be as successful or just have as much attention as he did then because people would find that shit. I just feel like there's more public knowledge on like what to look for and like, uh, someone who's a little off. I will link the article that goes over their whole history and like everything because it's actually very interesting to read now that it's been like so many years past but yeah like there was so much drama i feel like so much of it was for views and because so much money was being made but yeah so anyway back to just this whole thing one of the questions was what was it like at vegfest and meeting these vegan influencers in person. I remember 2016 VegFest, literally seven years ago almost. I just remember thinking it was really cool. And I think at the time too, I just remember like that initial time I did not have a problem with anyone because it just felt so cool to be there and to meet people that I had watched. And there was also kind of this vibe of like, I was kind of coming up at that time. So a lot of people were like excited to meet me as well. Not even just fans, but like other creators. This is just kind of like a, a thought, but looking back, it is interesting, like I was 17, you know, and I know there's other girls that were around that age too, very early adulthood or literally underage. And it's just interesting when there's clout involved or, you know, I think of like child actors, their age is just kind of disregarded, you know, you're seen as an adult because you have fame or status or whatever. And so just thinking about the amount of adults that I was around at that time or the amount of adults that were hanging out with like literal teenagers, and just it was like nothing. That's kind of odd now looking back. And that's not like a vegan specific thing, obviously, but it is It's still like it's an industry. There's clout involved. People want to grow their following and it's not like, oh my God, we're just like doing this thing to help the earth. We just care so much, you know? You want clout just like everybody else and you want to make money just like everybody else, you know? So I feel like after VegFest and those following months when I would visit LA and stuff, it felt really cool at the time. It was definitely cool to be around, you know, like-minded people and not feel weird for eating your mono meals. I kind of stopped doing raw till four and I was just doing mostly high carb, low fat. This is the thing. I feel like things just started going downhill after like summer 2016 for the movement as a whole. Like that was really the peak, like 2014 to 2016, but really like summer 16 was such a peak for the vegan online community. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. 
Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I moved to LA very end of December 2016. And I remember in those first few months of 2017, I started lifting and I was still vegan at the time. And I think I probably lost weight. I didn't really weigh myself back then. I didn't have a scale. I didn't have a scale at my parents' house. So just looking at like videos. You can tell I'm just like not as puffy. I feel like I still kind of was, but like it was definitely a lot less. And then by end of 2017, I was like a lot skinnier. And what did I even eat? I remember I did get a vegan protein powder. I would literally just eat avocado toast and then we would get frozen veggies from Trader Joe's and like tofu. We would go to veggie grill sometimes. Like I started eating just a little more regular vegan diet, I feel, but I still wasn't super into any like super processed foods. I remember when Sony and I lived together, she would get Gardein pretty regularly and I just wouldn't really get that unless we were going out like to Veggie Grill or something. This is the first time I remember really craving animal products. I remember craving salmon so bad. And before this, I had never really craved animal products probably because I was eating like a million calories. But also this is the thing, like I would never feel satiated. I could eat so much. Like I remember one time eating two like, you know when you buy a package of rice noodles to, like, feed your family, like, two meals out of? Like, I ate two boxes of them in one sitting because I just, like, didn't feel full. Even though I was, like, so full, my stomach felt so huge. I was so bloated. I just, like, did not feel satiated. I never really actively craved, like, salmon or anything like that during that time. Even though it was really hard to feel satiated, I did not feel like I was craving anything specific. At this time, I was lifting, trying to gain muscle, and I started craving salmon specifically. And I remember feeling so guilty about it. And I remember it being like, it felt like a sin to like tell. I told like Sonia and one of our friends at the time. I do remember the order at which I tried stuff. Like I remember trying salmon. I remember getting egg whites. Like I was not eating whole eggs, but I got egg whites. And then I remember once I moved to my next apartment, just having the worst digestion ever. And I think that's maybe also why I wanted to start incorporating those. It was bad this whole time. Like I remember telling y'all in my like why I'm not vegan anymore video. Oh my god, I was so bloated all the time. Like I and people loved to like misquote me on this. Like, oh well, she wasn't vegan because she just cared about wearing crop tops. It's like, no, that was like an example. If you're having just like a basic meal, you should not be so bloated to the point where you are uncomfortable. You're not overeating. You're not like, oh, this is a treat meal. We're really like treating ourselves. It's like your everyday breakfast. I was like never not bloated. And it's so hard to think about that now because I just haven't experienced that in so long. And then I also remember in 2018, that's when my acne got really bad. So I was having this horrible digestion, this horrible acne. And my diet was still kind of like partly vegan, but then it was like really hard to eat anything. Like I remember oatmeal would make me so bloated. And I really feel like it's because everything was so like imbalanced. Like my diet had been imbalanced for so long. And yeah, like that's how like extreme the messaging was behind, especially the raw tofu. Like I would just feel so bloated and gross after like eating these meals. But because I mentally believed like, no, this is the right thing. I have so much energy. Oh my God, I can eat however much I want. I didn't look at those side effects as like a bad thing. I just kind of ignored them, I guess. And then when it finally manifested as like really bad acne and just like the worst digestion ever, it was like, okay, like I need to change. But yeah, I feel like the whole vegan movement, like that specific vegan movement, kind of fell off then as well. It just was not that same like 2016 <laughs> vibe. But social media, I feel like also changed then. That was when YouTube changed their 
algorithm and made, you know, the really advertiser safe guidelines. And so I feel like YouTube changed. I feel like less people started using Tumblr. Maybe that was when Tumblr banned prawn so then everyone stopped using tumblr i don't know i just remember tumblr like tumblr used to be like the place like that's where like so much drama was people anonymous people could ask you questions all the tea would be there and then like people didn't really use it as much and then ig also got more popular instagram brought out stories and yeah just social media changed a lot so yeah i feel like it took me so long to recover from that physically i mean mentally too honestly but like physically i feel like i did not really feel normal until 2019 and now finally for the past few years like my digestion is not something i ever have to like think about you know unless i eat something that's kind of off i feel like my face and just my body in general doesn't have that weird puffy bloated look my skin's a lot better that's of course because of accutane but even before that like in 2016 my acne i didn't have that really bad like hormonal like jaw cheek acne it was like my t-zone and my forehead specifically if i look at old pictures videos um it had such a weird texture like you could just tell it was inflamed it was kind of red my cheeks were always very red like bro something was so off <laughs> but i just wanted to believe you know i just wanted to be skinny like freely but yeah now i just feel so much healthier and now i just feel like my diet is so much less restrictive and i feel like you know i eat healthy most of the time but i eat like everything i don't really do dairy that much but I'm not like super strict about it. I'm not gonna go out of my way to like order mac and cheese. Oh my god, that'd actually be horrible. But like if there's cheese on a salad, you know, it's gonna be fine, bro. And it just feels so much better to have a good relationship with food and with my body and like knowing, oh, you know, if I have a little cheese, like yeah, maybe my stomach will kind of hurt. Maybe not, but like maybe, but that's it. It's not the end of the world. I don't have to like fear that. Oh my god, does this have oil in it? You know, it's like, bro, that's just not a way to live. And I feel like it just... It's a side effect of something else, you know? Wanting that control over something. And, you know, the more I've learned about mental health and, like, how certain things can manifest in your in your thoughts and just in your life, I feel like it just shows so much about, like, that era. But, yeah, I definitely received a lot of backlash. I think it was in 2019 when I finally came out, like, bro, like, I'm not vegan anymore. And I finally felt like, okay, like, this is a decision I'm going with to the point where I need to make it public. Like, it wasn't, like, a one-time craving, you know? Like, I'm, like, I really need to fix my life. But it was worth it. And I just remember, like, I wasn't really too affected by it because I just knew I was doing the right thing for myself and my body. But with that being said, like I said before, that doesn't mean I'm anti-vegan. I know there's so many vegans. Dude, remember when Nikocado was, like, a literal... Like, he's Nikocado avocado. Like, he was known for, like, only eating avocados. <laughs> he was so... He was so skinny and he was, like, so vegan. He did, like, a complete 180... And I know there's been other people that have come out as, um, oh, I'm not vegan anymore. And they're like very extreme, like, oh, I hate vegans. I don't feel like that, honestly. I think that specific movement definitely had a lot of red flags and is not something I would recommend. But I feel like being vegan in general, again, if you're curious about it, try it. And I feel like in general, especially most Americans could definitely do with including more plant-based, you know, foods into their diet. But with that being said, like, if you don't feel good doing that listen to your body you know i know for myself i've always had a really fast metabolism and especially in my gym journey you know it's been like a long process to gain muscle so i would rather just be satiated eat a normal amount of food and like not have to eat two huge packets of family-sized noodles and still not even feel satisfied even though my stomach's so full but yeah it was definitely a moment for sure and it's so iconic and i love that i'm still in touch with 
some of the girlies from that era. And even though some of them are still vegan, I feel like we've all grown so much from that specific era of veganism. And it's just cool to be able to reflect even like with you guys on how weird that was. <laughs> like, honestly, it's like, was that a fever dream? And then again, when I post about it now, like, oh, TBT, um, just getting comments from people that like weren't a part of that, like, what are you talking about? I can't imagine not having lived through that, you know? If you were a part of that era, I would love to hear your thoughts. If you did that diet or that lifestyle, I would love to hear about your experience. Let me know down below in a comment. Even if maybe something's not exactly a cult, if you get introduced to a movement, a lifestyle, uh, hey girly, this is a great way to make money from home, you know? like, And they're just so insistent upon it and they make it seem like that's the only way to live or the only way to make money or the only way to eat or whatever. I feel like it's just important to take everything with a grain of salt and like do your own research and just do what's best for you at the end of the day. Because yeah, looking back, like it's so crazy that they got so many people to do that, you know? Like not even being vegan, but like their specific version of vegan. I think I kind of gave vegans a bad name, like no offense. I can definitely talk more about this if you guys would like me to. I feel like I pretty much summed up everything, but let me know what you think. I will talk to you guys in next week's episode. Thank you so much for watching and we'll chat then. Bye everyone.